कुंज बिहारी जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिक्रांत जिगचार्य अष्टोत्तर शत श्री श्रीमद हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस एसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी शिलप्रोपाद की अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की ग्रंथराशिमा भगवतम की जय नितायगो प्रेमानंदी ओ ग्लोरीज दी सेम डिवोटीज ओ ग्लोरीज दी सेम डिवोटीज ओ ग्लोरीज दी सेम डिवोटीज ओ ग्लोरीज टू श्री गुरु एंड श्री गोरंग नारायण नमस्कृतम चेवन रोतम देवी सरस्वती व्यासम तथो जयम उदीरयत ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto Seven, Chapter Seven, Chapter Entitled "What Prahlad Learned in the Womb," Text Number Forty-Six. Nudupya tamiha swarta, kiyandeha brito suraha. निषेकादीश्वस्वासु क्लेशमश्य काम निरूप्यथमीहास्वाहाुर निषेकादीश्वस्थु क्लिशमश्यकाम्यथमीहास्वाहांदेहाथोसुरा निषेकादीश्वस्थु क्लेशमश्य काम Yeah. 
Let it be ascertained. Iha in this world. Swaarta personal benefit. Kiyan how much? Deha Brita of a living entity who has a material body. Asura or sons of demons. Nisheka Adishu, beginning from the happiness derived from sex life. Avastasu, in temporary conditions. Klishamanasha, of one who is suffering in severe hardships. Kamabi by his previous material activities. Translation of purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shla Prabhupada. My dear friends, O sons of the Asuras, the living entity receives different types of bodies according to his previous fruitive activities. Thus he is seen to suffer with reference to his particular body in all conditions of life, beginning with his infusion into the womb. Please tell me, therefore, after full consideration, what is the living entity's actual interest in fruitive activities, which results in hardship and misery? Translation responsibly, my dear friends, O sons of the Asuras, the living entity receives different types of bodies according to his previous fruitive activities. Thus he is seen to suffer with reference to his particular body in all conditions of life, beginning with his infusion into the womb. Please tell me, therefore, after full consideration, what is the living entity's actual interest in fruitive activities? which result in hardship and misery. Purport. Kamana deva netrena jantu deho 
Papataye. The living entity receives a particular type of body according to his karma or fruitive activities. The material pleasure derived in the material world from one's particular body is based on sexual pleasure. Yan maitunadi grihamedi sukam hituchchum. The entire world is working so hard only for sexual pleasure. To enjoy sexual pleasure and maintain the status quo of material life, one must work very hard. And because of such activities, one prepares himself, another material body. Prahlad Maharaj places this matter to his friends, the Asuras, for their consideration. Asuras generally cannot understand that the objects of sexual pleasure, the so-called pleasure of materialistic life, depends on extreme hard labor. Magyan Timadandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militam Jena Tasmay Shri Grave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swabadantikam Vancha Kaupaturubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyevacha Petitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Srivasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Ram Rama Hare Hare So here, Prahlad Maharaj is speaking to his friends, uh, the sons of the Asuras. Uh, what does Asura mean? He's a demon. Uh, what's Asura? Sura is a demigod. Uh, so you have demigods and demons, Sura and Asura. Actually, they're cousins. Uh, they're born uh, from... Mm, uh, aunties and uncles uh, and parents. So they're all connected. Sura and Asura. Uh, there is a difference though between the Sura and the Asura. Uh, sura means uh, demigod. Uh, and Asura means Asura. Sura means demigod. Asura means not demigod. Asura, they are not demigod. Uh, what is the difference? What is the difference between the Sura and the Asura? Asura is demigod. I already said that. I said, what is the difference? What is the difference between a Sura and an Asura? Uh, uh, one follows the teachings of Krishna. That is the Sura, a demigod. They follow Krishna's teachings, and the Asura. They do not follow Krishna's teachings. So basically, in this material world, Krishna says in chapter 16 of the Bhagavad Gita, what is chapter 16 called? The divine and demoniac natures. Uh, so Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, who invented this material world? Who created this material world? Krishna. So who is the best person to tell us about how this material world runs? Krishna. It is Krishna. Uh, because Krishna has done everything. He created it. Just like 
if I make this microphone, if I'm, if I'm the creator of the microphone, I'm the best person to tell how it works. Uh, so if you make something, you're the best person to tell how it works. So who made this whole material world? Krishna. So who is the best person to tell us how it works? Sri Krishna Chanda Bhagwan Aki. Jai Ho. Sri Krishna Chanda Bhagwan. So he created everything in this material world. So therefore, he tells us in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 16, uh, there are two natures. Uh, it's called divine and demoniac, sura and asura. Uh, and we have to understand how the two of them work. Uh, because everyone in this material world right, is either asura or an asura. That's the only division right, in the material world. You have to be asura or you're an asura. So what is Asura? What does he do? He follows the teachings of Krishna. And the Asura does not follow the teachings of Krishna. He rebels. So now they have Asura societies where they do not believe in God. That is Asura. He does not believe. People do not believe in God. One of my friends in America, he was telling me that he went to a university and they were doing a public program, like a, a preaching program. And one of the professors in the university, uh, they, they were debating whether God exists. And this professor, uh, he became very agitated because the devotees were presenting God exists. And he was saying, no, there is no God. So it got to a point where the professor started yelling that there is no God. There is no God. Uh, this is Asura. Uh, he does not believe there is a, a God. You do not have to bow down before a God. You don't have to follow the authority of God. So if there is no God, then why are you getting, why are you getting angry? Why are you getting about angry about something that isn't there? If something isn't there, then why are you angry about it? There is no God. Okay, there's no God. So what's the problem? Go home and enjoy yourself. <laughs> but there must be a God. How do we know there's a God? What is the proof there is a God? Because huh? the Asuras say there is no God. Many people in the world, they say there is no God. What is the proof? How can we prove it? There is a God. Hmm? Because if you look scientifically... Everything that we need to exist, it exists. So what's something that we need to exist? Hmm? Air, oxygen, right? If you don't have oxygen, how long is this class going to last? I can speak for another 30 seconds, right? And you'll all look at me for another 30 seconds. And then we'll all start losing consciousness. Right, at different rates, and within a minute and a half to three minutes, most of us will be unconscious. So you need oxygen. Does it exist? It is there. You need sunlight. Does it exist? You need water. Does it exist? Right? You need the earth. You need food. Does it exist? Right? Everything we need exists. And people need God. Asuras say we do not need God, but it's not true. Uh, uh, I was in Adelaide uh, 1991 or 1992. I was sent there 
uh, when I was a brahmachari, uh, many, many years ago. I went back two times to Adelaide to do service in Adelaide. So I was there for about one year. So I was a brahmachari and then. So I was distributing books one day. It was Saturday, I think. And then I was distributing books door to door, you know, knocking on people's doors in, in Adelaide. And one elderly man, he opened the door. So, you know, I was talking to him and distributing books and like that. And then he was in one of the wars. Now, this is 1990, so maybe he was in World War II. I can't remember which one, but he was in one of the wars. <laughs> and he told me, this was his experience, he said, we were in the trenches fighting the opposite side. And then bombs started dropping. Uh, so none of us have ever experienced this. It's extremely scary. Extremely scary. We've never experienced war. Now war is like we're desensitized to it. We say, oh, the Ukrainian war. And we say, oh, you know, today this many people died and, you know, bombs dropped and like that. But we're desensitized. When you're actually in it, it's a very different experience. It's terrifying. So he said, they were all in the trench, and he said 50% of the men believed in God and 50% did not. You know, some are atheists, some are... But he said when the bombs dropped, he said every man was on his knees praying. Every man. Even the one who said, I did not believe in God five years ago. Right? When a bomb is dropping, you start saying, you know, save me, save me. So we need God. Right? We need oxygen, it's there. We need God. Atheists will say we do not need God because they're not... They may not need him at the moment, that's all. When things are going good in life, people say, oh, we don't need God, we forget God. Even we do this as devotees. You know, as devotees sometimes, when things are going good, we, we slacken our relationship with Krishna. We don't meditate on him so deeply. But when things are not going well, then suddenly we need him. Oh, Krishna, and Krishna said, I was here the whole time. Krishna is always there for us as Paramatma. Right? He is always there for us. Uh, but it's whether or not we are conscious of him. Mm. So the Asura, Krishna says, because he created this material world, he says in this material world there are only two types of people, Asura or Sura. Either you believe in God or you do not believe in God. And if you believe in God, what does it mean to believe in God? You have to follow his teachings. That's the definition of someone who is a Sura. They believe in God. Many people in Kali Yuga, there are many mm, cheating gurus. Mm. In the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam, it speaks about Kaitabhadama. Uh, where does Bhagavad Gita finish? What's the final teaching? Hmm? What's that? Savadaman, Parijaja, Mamekam, Sharanam. So Krishna defines real religion, right? This is where Bhagavad Gita finishes. Right? Abandon, Sava Dharma. Abandon all the... Uh, Prabhupada says in one uh, discussion, he says, Krishna says, karma, jnana, yoga, sannyas, tyag. He speaks so many things. And then he says, Prabhupada says, he says, forget it all. Everything I just spoke. Sava Dharman, all the Dharma. Just forget it. Mam ekam, sharana. But that's the entire Bhagavad Gita in that line. Uh, just surrender unto me. 
Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Sanatana Shiksha, when he's uh, teaching Sanatana Goswami, which is in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, he explains there are 26 qualities of a devotee. Uh, what are the 26 qualities? Uh, Kripalu, Akrita Droha, Sachasara, Sama, right? He lists there are 26 qualities of a devotee. And in the is it in Harinam Chintamani? Well, things in the Harinam Chintamani then. Uh, it is discussed that 25 of the qualities are tatashta. Tatashta means marginal. It means they are not fully manifest, or they're manifested in different degrees in different devotees. Um, one example of the, the 26 qualities, one quality is called mridu. What does mridu mean? Soft, yeah, mild. Yeah, Prabhupada translated as mild. Soft. A devotee is mild, he is soft. But different devotees are like that and different devotees are, are not. Yudhishthira is very mild, he's very soft. Beam, he is not so much. Right? When he came down to the Jamuna and he said to uh, Munis and his thousands of disciples. He came, he said, hey, prasadam is ready, come. Right? <laughs> they were terrified. You know, he comes down, he's got the club on his shoulder. <laughs> he said, come, prasadam's ready. Right? But they were all full. Uh, from the Akshaya Patra, Krishna took one uh, grain, and then Krishna, Krishna was satisfied, suddenly everyone was satisfied, and they were very embarrassed. He said, come, prasadam's ready, we're going to feed all of you. Right? And they, they were like, so they all picked up their cloth and they all ran down the river. Uh, so Bhima is not necessarily mridu. Uh, so these, these qualities are tatashta. Tatashta means they might be there or they might not be there, according to the devotee, different degrees. But there is one quality which is called sruplakshana. Sruplakshana means the essential quality every devotee must have. Uh, what is that quality? 26 qualities. What is the sruplakshana? Compassion. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the first quality, but that's not the essential quality. That's not the sruplakshana, but that's the first quality of a devotee. Devotee has to be compassionate. If you're not compassionate, you're not a devotee. <laughs> that's a quality we all have to cultivate. First quality is compassion, kripalu. Second quality is akrita droha, which means humility. Devotee has to be humble. If you're not humble, you're not going to be a very good devotee. You can be a devotee, but you won't be a very good devotee. Devotees are humble. Right? There's something we have to learn. Right? Uh, but what is the sruplakshana? What's the essential quality of the 26? Not forgiveness, no. It's called Krishnaika Sharana. Krishna Eka Sharana. Which if you go to Bhagavad Gita, Mam Ekam Sharana Praja. Right? Uh, Haridas Thakur explains this is the essential quality of every devotee. Krishnaika Sharana, Krishna Eka Sharana. You have to be surrendered to Krishna alone. No? Eka. No? Ekarupi. Ekarupi. Ek. Ekarupi. Now, you go to India, everyone says Ekarupi. Now they say Das Rupi. Uh, <laughs> even the beggars, Ekarupi's gone. 
When I first started going, they'd walk next to you, the kids at Govanan Hill. They'd say, ek rupee, ek rupee. Now they say, das rupee, das rupee. <laughs> One rupee doesn't do anything anymore. You know, if you want a limka, uh, then you have to, how much are they now? 20 rupees, I think. Yeah, prices have gone up, so. Uh, so, mam mam eka. Eka means one, right? You have to be focused on Krishna alone. Prabhupada actually says in the Gita, uh, I think it's near the end of chapter 11, in the purport, then Prabhupada says, we have to focus our mind on the form of Krishna alone. And he says, not even the other, the other incarnations. Uh, end of chapter 11, isn't it? And Prabhupada says, do not divert your, your consciousness even to the other forms of Krishna. Just to Krishna in Brindavan. Brajendra right? Nandana, which is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing. It's what Srila Prabhupada was doing, actually. Uh, so this is our, our line. Uh, so we focus on Krishna alone. Mam e kam, sharana, Krishnaika sharana, sharana. Uh, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur teaches about Sharanagati, uh, one of his books, uh, beautiful verses, Sharanagati, Sharana. Uh, Sharana has six divisions. Uh, we have to surrender to Krishna, give Krishna everything. Krishna wants everything. Now, in the Bible, it says God is a jealous God. Uh, jealous means, when you're jealous, means you want the attention. Someone is giving the attention to someone else. No, I want the attention. You give it to me. That's jealousy. Uh, it says in the Bible, Krishna is a jealous God. Krishna said, no, you look at me. No, I'm looking at, no, 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 you look at me. No, no, you focus on me. You serve me. And that's what we have to learn to do. Because at the moment we get, Bahu Shaka Hanantascha. At the moment where attention is all over the place. You know, sometimes it's Krishna, Sometimes it's Maya, sometimes it's uh, Bollywood, sometimes it's Netflix, sometimes it's AFL, sometimes it's Japati, sometimes it's, you know, we're all, our consciousness diverts everywhere. Bahu Shaka Yonantascha. But then Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, uh, uh, Vyavasa yatmika bhuti ekeha kurunandana eke vyavasa that verse is significant what is that that's 241 is it 241 yeah 241 that verse is significant Prabhupada said when he wrote when he read the commentary by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur on that verse Prabhupada said it struck him right, that's significant it struck him no, because how did Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur define Vyavasa Yatmika Buddhi? What does Vyavasa Yatmika Buddhi mean? It means one-pointed intelligence. Uh, very interesting. In Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, uh, how many times does Krishna use this term Buddhi Yoga? How many times? Yeah, I think it's a little bit more actually. It's around 10, something like 12 times or 13 times or something. Buddhiyo. Does he use that term in the rest of the Bhagavad Gita? Uh, in which verse? Yeah, 
Das ist ein Buddha Yoga. Ja. The Dami Buddha Yoga. Yeah, Buddha Yoga. Yeah, the Dami Buddha Yoga. Right? But he doesn't use this term very many times in the rest of the Gita. Like a chapter 10 in the Chattva Shloki. Interesting that he uses it, uses it there in one of the seed verses. But in chapter 2, he uses it many times. Buddha Yoga, Buddha Yoga, Buddha Yoga. Yeah? Burujan Prabhu tells us in uh, Surrender Unto Me, when we study the Bhagavad Gita, he tells us that Bhagavad Gita is spoken to the intelligence. That's where Bhagavad Gita is spoken to. Why? Krishna explains this in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, because what is the problem in the material world? Hmm? Karma. Karma Esha, Krota Esha. Arjuna says, why do I do things which I, which I know I should not do? Uh, you ever do that? Have you ever done it in your life? You did something you know you should not do it, but you do it anyway? Hands up if you did that. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, we, we all do this. Sometimes we do something, we should not do it, but we, still we do it. Arjuna says, why do I do that? Krishna says, Kama Esha, Krota Esha. Uh, it is lust only, Arjuna. What is lust? Lust is using your independence against the service of Krishna. Uh, misusing your independence, not engaging your independence in Krishna's service. That is lust. It's not just sexual attraction. I mean, that's the, way, the main way it manifests. But it means if you use your independence separate from Krishna, that's lust. Uh, Prabhupada says in one... Uh, Comment in one lecture, Prabhupada says, public enemy number one. Who is public enemy number one? Osama bin Laden. Huh? Now he's gone. So now who is it? Yeah, they always say, oh, this is public enemy number one. He is the biggest enemy. No, it is lust. Prabhupada said, Mr. Lust. He is public enemy number one. He is here to disturb everyone, and he's, he's doing it. Everyone's disturbed by lust. That's causing all the problems. Uh, number one enemy in the public. So then Krishna says, he says to Arjuna, Arjuna says, why do I do things which I should not do? Krishna says it is because of lust. And then the end of the third chapter, uh, Krishna says how to overcome the lust. Right? And he says you must regulate yourself. You must become regulated. Right? It's very important for devotees uh, to be regulated. Rise early, chant your rounds, get into a routine, a regulated routine. That's how you advance in Krishna consciousness. Uh, especially I do that in uh, Kartik Mas. Kartik is coming soon. Right? So when Kartik comes, I just let go of all my other responsibilities, meaning that I prioritize my sadhana first. The rest of the year there's compromises. You know, sometimes we have to compromise our sadhana to some degree for our service. You know, we stay up late or like when you go to these uh, catering jobs, right? Big compromise, right? You have to stay up late. You have to sleep in doof-doof land. You know, it's like, it's very, so many compromises. So, but when Kati comes, I say, okay, that's it. My sadhana is first for the whole month. I don't compromise, right? And that way you become regulated. It puts you back on track and then the rest of the year you stay as regulated as you can be. So Krishna says to overcome lust, you have to be regulated. Right? 
He also says, in order to overcome lust, you have to strengthen your buddhi. Right? Your buddhi has to be strong. Just like these days, everyone goes to the gym, right? which is a good thing if you go to the gym. You have to do some exercise. Right? I don't go to the gym, but I do exercise every day, like gym exercise every day. Just body weight. I don't use you know, uh, weights. I, I use my body weight. But you have to do exercise every day. Because if your body is not healthy, big problem. You, know, you see so many devotees. You know, everyone's walking around like, oh, 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 I've got problem, I've got problem. Yeah, then do something about it. Look after your body. It's important. Right? So you have to keep your body strong. Devotees should be strong. Right? Because why? Because we're serving Krishna. Prabhupada once said, we want Arjuna or we want no one. Devotees should be like Arjunas. Uh, I want Arjuna or no one. Uh, I have to be strong in Krishna's service, like you little Arjunas. Uh, uh, the four Kumaras. Uh, uh, you have to grow up strong so you can serve Krishna. Uh, so, your intelligence has to be strong. Buddhi yoga, Krishna says, you have to make the intelligence strong. How do you make the intelligence strong? By hearing Shastra. That's how the intelligence becomes strong. Because then when the mind becomes lusty, and the mind says, I want to enjoy separate from you, the intelligence says, okay, just relax. Right? He grabs the mind. He has control of the mind. He says, okay, you feel like that, but we're not going to act on it. That's Rupa Goswami's definition of pure devotional service. It doesn't mean that we don't have material desires. We all have material desires, but we don't act on them. That is pure devotional service. Right? So therefore, uh, we have to learn to control the mind. Vyavasi yatmika buddhi. Right? Intelligence has to become strong. So Prabhupada read that commentary by Vishnu Chakravati Thakur on that verse. So that verse... Uh, it says the intelligence has to be fixed, ekeha, kudunandara, fixed on Krishna. Uh, so then, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur commented, and Prabhupada said it struck him. He said this means that for the disciple, his consciousness is always fixed in the order of the spiritual master. Right? That's what it means, vivasa yatmika buddhi, fixed intelligence, fixed on the Guru's instruction. Right? Maybe the guru gave you some personal instruction. If you're very fortunate, you got personal instruction from guru. But Prabhupada had thousands of disciples. It wasn't like they all got personal instructions from him. But everyone is instructed by Prabhupada through his books. All of us are instructed by Prabhupada through his That's why we have to read Prabhupada's books uh, on a daily basis. That's why we have Bhagavatam class. So we fix our intelligence. After Bhagavatam class, your intelligence should be fixed in Krishna's service. Actually, Srila Prabhupada said that his books supersede all of his other instructions because we have Prabhupada's letters, right? We have his room conversations. There are different things. But what super Prabhupada himself said, my books supersede everything else. Because sometimes uh, Prabhupada would write a letter to one of his disciples and he would give an instruction. And then someone else would read the letter and say, oh, Prabhupada said, but Prabhupada, and then it came back to Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, no, I was speaking to that disciple. Doesn't necessarily mean that that instruction was for everyone. But whatever's in Prabhupada's books, 
That is for all of us. Everyone. You have to follow whatever he says. And mostly what he says in his lectures and his uh, room conversations and his letters, mostly that applies to us, but maybe not everything. So how do you make your intelligence strong? How does your intelligence become strong? How does it become fixed in devotional service? How do you make your own buddhi strong? Huh? Chanting. This guy's not even listening. <laughs> I just said, your intelligence becomes strong by listening. <laughs> you guys got to listen. <laughs> the four Kumaras, you're engaged in your personal pastimes. <laughs> uh, not even listening. Hare Baba. <laughs> uh, chanting? Yeah, we say chanting for everything. <laughs> Someone says, how do you become more fixed up? Oh, chanting. <laughs> how do you overcome lust? Oh, chanting. <laughs> how do you get more prasadam? Oh, chanting. <laughs> right? Everything chanting, chanting, answers everything. It's actually correct, but <laughs> in this circumstance, your intelligence, Krishna says, chapter 3, your intelligence will become strong by hearing. Okay? And chanting. Shavanam kirtanam. Uh, then, your, then your buddhi will become strong. So we have to make the intelligence strong because lust is very powerful in this world. Prabhupada said public enemy number one. Whole world is under control of lust. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. No? So one, one quality of the devotee is the most important. Krishna ekasharana. Krishna ekasharana. Right? We're meant to be surrendered to Krishna. Right? Sharana. How do you become surrendered to Krishna? Uh, by chanting, yeah, by hearing, uh, by taking prasad, uh, by following the process of bhakti, then you'll become surrendered. That's our goal. Uh, because we don't want to be an asura. You want to be sura. You want to be demigod. Because Krishna says in the 16th chapter of Gita, there's only two types of people in the universe. There's, you're either sura or asura. However, in Kali Yuga, they're in the same body. Uh, in Satya Yuga, the Sura and Asura on different planets. Huh? You have seen in the Bhagavatam, you know, sometimes it says the Asuras, they live lower place in the universe, and the Suras, the demigods, they live in higher place. You read in Bhagavatam, sometimes the Asuras attack Swaga. They come from one planet to another, they attack. So in Satya Yuga, everyone's in different planets. Then Treta Yuga, they're on the same planet, but different countries. Uh, in Treta Yuga, we had Ramayana, uh, different countries. Uh, Asuras, Lanka. They were living in Sri Lanka and South America, uh, Argentina. Uh, is that your country? Or? No. Uh, Argentina. That's Nanda's country, right? <laughs> yeah. Argentina. <laughs> They were living in that, that part of the world, Peru, Peru, Brazil, that area, right? So the Suras on one country, and the devotees were on the other country, in Bharatvash, right? And then they had to cross the ocean to fight. And then in Dwarka, uh, sorry, in uh, Dwapur Yuga, it says the devotees and demons in different families. So that's Mahabharata, right? Pandavas in one family, Kauravas in the other family. Right? So then they're in different families. And then in Kali Yuga, it says that the devotee and the demon are in the same body. 
That's a problem. Because uh, we wake up in the morning, sometimes I say this to myself, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I say, okay, who is, who is it? Who's there? Uh, is it devotee or demon today? Uh, who's there? Uh, are you going to, are you enthusiastic to serve Krishna? Or do you want to avoid Krishna? Uh, sometimes it's like that. Does that make sense? Does anyone experience that? Okay, it's not just me. Okay, yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes your consciousness, you wake up, I want to avoid Krishna. Sometimes you wake up, I want to serve Krishna. Huh? Demon and devotee in the same body. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is the Yuga avatar. Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj says, when you enter a kingdom, you have to worship the king of that kingdom, that country. Right? If you go to a new country and there's a king, now you worship that king because you're in his country. So Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj says that when we go into Kali Yuga, this is the time we're in, we have to worship the Yuga avatar of this time. That is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Goranga. Uh, so what does Goranga do? You see in his Leela, he did not kill the demons. You know, when Nityananda Prabhu was attacked, he invoked Chakra. He said, chakra. And then who came? Sudarshan. Uh, Sudarshan chakra appeared, ready. And he's weapon. He was about to kill Jagayan Madai. And Nichananda Prabhu said, please don't do that. He said, this is Kali Yuga. Otherwise, we have to start killing everyone. Devotees have to, you know, take guns to crossways. Yeah? <laughs> And then someone comes for a meal and say, and you get the gun, you say, you sura or asura? <laughs> right? They say, I'm asura, you say, Pow! okay. Take him out the back to the dump master. Next. Right? We can't do that in Kali Yuga. Otherwise, you know, so many people are asura. We don't kill them. In Kali Yuga, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu kills the demoniac nature, the demoniac spirit. Because inside of us, there is demon and devotee. So Lord Chaitanya, by the powerful chopper of the Harinam, the Sankirtan, the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra, he is destroying the demoniac propensity within us. So the devotee comes out. So Prahlad Maharaj, he says to his friends, oh, best of the, oh, oh sons of the Asuras. <laughs> Because like, he's trying to make them into suras. He's trying to make them into demigods, into devotees. All the demigods are devotees. Uh, if you go to Swagaloka, they all wear tilak. Uh, they're devotees up there. They all do jagya. Every morning the big jagyas are in Swagaloka. Everyone's a devotee. But it's like being a devotee in Hawaii. Right? You're a devotee, but everything's very beautiful. So it's distracting. It's distracting. This world is distracting. Uh, so Swagaloka is like that. Everyone's a devotee, but the weather is perfect. Right? Everyone there is beautiful. The food is amazing. So everyone's a devotee, but it's like there's it's very distracting uh, atmosphere. Mm. Uh, whereas the Asuras, they live in lower parts. Uh, they also live very opulently, but uh, they're not interested in Krishna consciousness. 
Uh, they're, they're just absorbed in sense gratification. Mm. And sometimes they fight with the, the demigods. So we'll stop here. We'll see if there's any questions or comments. Anything we discussed. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you very much for a nice class. So, what is the difference between the lust and the attraction uh, between male and female? That is lust. <laughs> that is lust. But you also explained that um, whatever distracts you from Krishna consciousness is lust. Yeah, by so, definition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, by definition. Because lust means... <clears throat> Uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita it says, Krishnendriya Priti, uh, the definition of prema is Krishna Indriya Priti. It means we want to satisfy Krishna's senses. And the definition of lust, of calm, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita is Atmendriya Priti. Atma Indriya. You want to satisfy your senses. That's the definition of lust. So it doesn't just mean sex, desire. That's the main way that it manifests, but any, any way, when you want to satisfy your senses. When pra Prabhupada said, if you say, I want, Prabhupada said, that is sense gratification. When we say, you know, sometimes we say, I want, that's sense gratification. Now, my Guru Maharaj said to me one time, he said, who cares what you want? <laughs> he said that to me one time, just up there in the uh, double room. He said, who cares what you want? He said, why do you want to do this? I started telling him. <laughs> and he didn't even let me finish. He said, who cares what you want? And that was, that was something to do with devotional service. You know, I had a particular desire in devotional service. And he said, why do you want to do this? And I told him. He said, who cares what you want? Because it's sense gratification. I want it for me. No, we want it for Krishna. Understand? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. Hare Krishna, thank you for the nice class. Uh, <clears throat> um, you mentioned how uh, we should have a very single point of focus only for Krishna. And also, you also mentioned that we should also have a single point of focus on Guru. Uh, and we, also, we always kind of hear that you know, we can't really directly approach Krishna. We don't really know Krishna because we're not qualified. Just on a more of a practical application, how do we understand this? Like, what's the single focus? Is it just on Guru? And just by following Guru, that's how we serve Krishna, or should we kind of focus on Krishna and Guru at the same time? How does that work? Yeah, it's both. Sometimes devotees, they say things like this. They say, uh, you know, should it be this or should it be that? It's both, right? So like in the morning, you know, we come and we, like say during the Kirtan, or say we, when we greet the deities, right? We focus on the Lord. Right? Then we do, after we greet the deities, then we do Guru Puja. We focus on the representative of the Lord who is taking us to the Lord. And then after we worship and focus on Him, we turn back to the Lord through His mercy. You know, if it wasn't for Prabhupada, none of us would be here. You know, Prabhupada sat right there. He sat exactly like you're sitting there. He sat right there. That's why you can feel Him there, because He sat there. And he looked straight at these deities there. And he told all the devotees, you see the class when there's a video where Prabhupada's giving class right there? All devotees are sitting like this, side on. 
because the devotees were sitting, looking at Prabhupada, he said, do not put your back towards Krishna. Right? So everyone's sitting silent. So Prabhupada sat right there. Right? So it's both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. When you do uh, deity worship, you know, one day you'll do deity worship. You should aspire to take second initiation. First you have first initiation, but then second. Everyone should aspire like that. So then you do deity worship. Before we do deity worship, we do Bhutashuddhi, which means we purify our subtle body, our mind, right? And we meditate before deity worship. I am the servant of my guru, right? And it says that we meditate on the guru in a young golden body. Because in the spiritual world, no one's old. Young golden body. You meditate the guru like that. And you meditate, I am your servant. Now, let me assist you to serve your guru and eventually to serve Radha and Krishna or Gora and Nitai. That's how we meditate like that. So it's not one or the other, it's both. But you have to know the, the system. We don't go straight to Krishna. That's why whenever you know, we do uh, deity worship, we always have a picture of the guru. And you meditate first, you take permission, then you worship Krishna. Gobibhatu, pada kamalayo, dasa dasa, anudasa. We are just dasa dasa, anudasa. We are servant of the servant of the servant. One time Burujan Prabhu said he, had a, he was meditating on that. That I am dasa dasa, anudasa. And then he said he was meditating on that. And then he thought, do I really want to go back to the spiritual world? Uh, where I'm servant of the servant of the servant? Because we all like to be prominent. We all like to be, you know, when, like when the guru's around, everyone wants to be close to the guru. Uh, but in the spiritual world, we're not always going to get close to Krishna. Sometimes we will, but we're not always. We're always going to be like servant of the servant of the servant. And we have to be happy with that, because that's our constitutional position. It's okay. okay. Any other questions? Thank you, Raji. <clears throat> My question was, you said we should surrender to Krishna alone. Um, we should surrender to, unto Krishna alone. But we need to also think that we should be in the association with devotees. So then how do we understand that? Because... Uh, the definition of devotional service, anyabhilashita shunyam, you know this verse? Jnana kamadhyanavritam, Krishna anushilanam. Krishna anushilanam. Krishna anushilanam. So devotional service means we have to worship Krishna, we have to follow Krishna. But Krishna anu means to follow. And to follow means, as we said, to be the servant of the servant. And when we say Krishna, when we say Krishna, the word Krishna, it always means Krishna and his devotees. Uh, so we never think just Krishna. We think Krishna and his devotees. And then Krishna says to Arjuna in the Adi Purana, Krishna says, one who says he's my devotee, he is not my devotee. But one who says he's the devotee of my devotee, he is my devotee. So that's how we think. When we worship Krishna, we always think, I am Krishna's servant. I am the servant of his servants. That's how we think. So when we say Krishna, it always means Krishna and all of his devotees. Please come again. See the four Kumaras soon. Not that so.
give us a nice class. Prabhuji, you mentioned how we should meditate on one form of Lord Krishna, which is the three pending form. So Prabhupada, why do we hear like so many other incarnations of the Lord? Like since long we've been hearing about Narsimha Dev. And I've also heard in your lectures say you said that Narsimha Dev is like the most dear incarnation of all the devotees. So how do we understand this? Yeah. So it means that Prabhupada and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they're saying uh, we should meditate on our Ishtadev. Ishtadev means in, in the deepest part of your heart, which form of Krishna do you meditate on? Right? So that is Krishna in Tribhanga Lalita, that is uh, Shama Sundara, right? that is Krishna in Vrindavan. So then when we hear about Nisringadev, or Lord Ramachandra, or Macha, or Koma, or Varaha, or any form of Krishna, we always think that is Krishna, but in a different mood. But it always comes back to Krishna. Does it make sense? Yeah, so in our heart, it is Krishna. Right? That's who we meditate on, Krishna. Uh, one time I was in a car accident many years ago. And when I was in a car accident and the car was about to go off the road, I was saying, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. So it should be Krishna. He should be in our heart. He is the deepest. And when we see Nishringadev or we see Ram, we think that is Krishna, but he's in a different mood. And that way, there's no difference. Uh, we worship everyone because they're all Krishna. Who are they? They're Krishna. But he's in a different mood now. That's all. Thank you, Prabhuji. Okay, please come again. Any other questions? In the material world, are there any other questions? In Kali Yuga, any other questions? You have a question? Okay, quick. <coughs> Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Prabhu. Uh, as you al also quoted uh, Goswamis from Charitamrit that uh, material desires will always be there, but should not act on it, then, then whatever you do is a pure devotional service. Yeah. So does that mean that um, one c will never get uh, purified, uh, like 100%, like can, cannot get rid of, of the material desires? In the material world, Prabhupada once said to Tamil Krishnamurti, he said, just give one life to Krishna. Uh, actually, he said, just give one life to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then at the end of your life, whatever is lacking, Lord Chaitanya will cover that and he will take you back to Godhead. Mm -hmm. So just do your best. Prabhupada once said, 70%. Uh, so just do your best. You know, if you can get that far, then Lord Chaitanya will help you. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Great motivation. Thank you. Yeah. Any, anything else? Yeah. Um, often we hear Prabhupada um, say that, you know, especially in interviews, that he, he just wants to preach God consciousness and he doesn't necessarily want everyone to be a Hare Krishna. You know, he's just trying to teach people the, the science of like, love of Godhead. So even if you're a Christian or Muslim or things like that. Um, what is the destination of, of these people who are in, are in different faiths who develop some sort of bhakti in their worship? Prabhupada said that a Christian, uh, he can go as far as Swagaloka. That's as far as he can go. 
Swagaloka, heavenly planets. But if you want to go back to Vaikuntha or Goloka, you have to follow the Vaishnav tradition. Mm. So it means they can be born if they're very <coughs> God conscious. They can go to Swaga, which means they'll be with Vaishnavas. And then from there, they may come back to Earth and join the Vaishnav movements. And then they can go back to uh, Krishna. But yeah, you can't go back to Godhead fully unless you go into one of the Vaishnav Sampradayas. So you're in the right place. Thank you for coming. Any other questions? Yeah. Hi, Krishna. Uh, we are studying um, Canto 3 in our Bhakti Web of class, and um, we are reading creation. Who, who's the teacher? Sri Krishna Dasrup. So, um, in, in, in one of your lectures, I heard that um, this topic of creation is very complex and even reading it again and again, we don't fully grasp it. Mm. So, when I'm reading through the purports and translations, I'm, sometimes I feel like I should just brush through them and then I think, okay, let me try to understand them and then I remember what you were saying that we can't fully understand. So, I'm just thinking, what, how, how much should I try? <laughs> To understand. When I taught the third canto many years ago, uh, the Matijis in my course, in my class, they said, can we hurry up? Can we get to the fourth canto? Because fourth canto is where the pastimes begin again, Daksha, Jagya, and you know, there's Leela. So it's, it's true. It's not everyone's inclination, because you know, the, the creation is spoken of three times in the third canto. Three times. And it's very long, and it's very deep, and it's very, you know, there's a lot of, in, it's very intricate. And not every de devotee is inclined or inspired, you know, to study that deeply. So study it as well as you can, you know, but then the fourth canto will come soon, and then the pastimes will begin again, and then it will be easier, because why do we have Puranas, especially in Kali Yuga? You know, we're, we're more attracted to the stories than the philosophy, most people, you know, because it's easier for us to digest. So that's okay if you're feeling a bit. Study it. Study it as nicely as you can. But then the pastimes will come. And then when you get to when you're taking rest, just before you take rest, Prabhupada said, read Krishna book. You know, because then there's pastimes. It's very sweet. And Prabhupada is so expert, he puts all the philosophy inside the pastimes. Like that. So. Thank it's you. Okay. Yeah. Any other question? Okay. Srila Prabhupada key.